Welcome to the podcast, Science of High Paid, High Performing, Happy Engineers. The show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we have my mentor, speaker, Simone Morris. Simone Morris is the CEO of Simone Morris Enterprises LNC, a certified minority and women-owned business enterprise. She's an award-winning diversity and inclusion leader and a consultant and a speaker, committed to diversifying the workplace and training women and emerging leaders to take true leadership positions in all aspects of their lives. Simone's hot leadership can be found on various platforms such as Forbes, Entrepreneur, Glassdoor, LeaderCast, and many other platforms. And she's also the author of two books, The Power of Owning Your Career and Achievement Unlocked. She has also won multiple awards throughout her uh, journey. Welcome, Simone Morris. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Aditya. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, just for the audience, I met Simone Morris about like six to seven years ago in Toastmasters. I, one, of, one of the reasons that inspired me to pursue my journey in Toastmasters is Simone. I saw her speak and I was like, oh my God, I, I want to have a, some of the qualities that Simone has. And she, was, she also at that time was competing in one of the you know, Toastmasters international competition and her journey inspired me to pursue Toastmasters. So it's a, again, a super, I'm super excited to have you on this show, Simone. So with that, I would love to get started with your story, right? You know, when, when I saw you as a speaker, I was like, oh, she must be doing this for her entire life. But then I was shocked with her response when she said she started off as an engineer. And then, you know, she transitioned to various roles before now becoming a speaker, coach, helping many other people in the diversity and inclusion space. So would love to hear about your journeys. Sure. I, okay. So I don't label myself as an engineer, but as a developer, you know, in my early days. But, um, you know, I, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a buyer. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to buy clothes and travel around the world. And why am I sharing this? I want to go back to say that sometimes you define your path and you think it's clear cut and then life happens and that's not your path. So as I go back in my life, and I think about going off to college and wanting to be this retail buyer and leaving college with a, uh, a bachelor's degree in marketing and thinking that that's where I'm going, that didn't actually happen. I ended up going down the technology path. I actually had a uh, associate's degree and back then it was called data processing. So I have an associate's degree in that. And that's what really took off when I left college. And I went down this IT path with, 
as a trainer, as a developer, I used to develop in Lotus Notes. I used to do things around the intranet. And I, I did that for a number of years. I, in fact, move over to um, technical project management. And I, you know, that when I left corporate America, it wasn't uh, a lot of years that I was in HR. I, most of my corporate career was in the technical space, but along the way, you know, back to what you were talking about, Addy, uh, the Toastmasters journey came up because I was in a place where I was asked to be very vocal and I had a problem with that. I'm an introvert. And so I had to go really deep to come out, come out of myself and to stand in front of people and present. And, and I had one botched moment where I was like, this is not going to happen again. And that's how I found myself in Toastmasters, which I really think that Toastmasters is a game, game changing move for your career because it really teaches you how to build confidence and how to put yourself out there. It teaches you leadership. And so I always tell my coaching clients when they are struggling with confidence and presenting themselves to leverage Toastmasters as a strategy to build up that skill. It has served me. I did it for 10 years and it served me very well. But today I'm, I'm doing training, speaking, consulting, dabbling in a lot of things, specifically HR, diversity and inclusion. That's my jam today. But it, it has been a very windy and twisty road for me, but exciting nonetheless. Uh, Simone, you often talk about how you have, you were in a certain role and you, you talk about uh, being the driver, being the driver's seat of your career. Can you tell us more about that and how that has helped you navigate your career? Absolutely. I love this question, Aditya, because for many, many years, I was not in the driver's seat for my career. I was in the passenger seat, meaning I did what I was told, or I was grateful to have a job. And so, you know, I would go into conversations where it was about my performance, not with a plan, not with a strategy, you know, not promoting my personal brand, but re really being grateful that I had a job. And I, I think that's part of my cultural upbringing. So I was the person that didn't make a lot of waves and I went in and I did what I was told. And so when I got the question, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? I really didn't have a plan or a vision. And so I, I you know, I, I stalled and I said things like I'm open and so what that meant was I was in the passenger seat and I allowed others to dictate where I was going on my journey. So, so therefore, when someone would say to me, I think you'd be great for this project, or I think you'd be great for this role, I would just go with the flow. And now today, when I have learned that my career is my responsibility and I get to be in the driver's seat, I get to say no, I get to say yes, I get to ask boldly for what I want and, and what will make me happy and thrive in my career and where I can show the greatest contribution, I have a voice. That is the driver's seat versus just taking what you get and having a, I like to say laissez-faire, like a hands-off attitude about your career you're grateful you know and some of us based on our cultural upbringing that's what we've been taught and so you know we're like thank you for the job I'm I, I you know I'm going to do what I need to do but you actually have a voice and this is your life your one life so you get to show up you get to ask for things and you get to take risk and take chances for greater career success 
That's very well articulated, Simone. So a lot of things coming up for me. First thing, how did that light bulb go off that I am not in the driver's seat, that I want to get into the driver's seat? And what's your suggestion for other engineers who might not be in the driver's seat? Yeah, that's a great question too. Um, I learned it through experience. I had an attitude of expectation. So my attitude was I perform well, therefore I'm going to get uh, salary increases and I'm going to get promotional increases. And so when I wasn't getting promoted, I was very frustrated at the process. I thought, what am I doing wrong? So the way that I worked was I was very heads down meaning I wasn't one of the, the people that was at the water cooler or in the coffee break room having some conversations. Uh, that wasn't me. And I wasn't sitting on, you know, I'm not saying that that's what everyone does, but I wasn't that networky build relationships. I was more about doing the work. And I thought if I just did the work, I would get results. And that is not true. It's not just about the work. So for me, I teach my clients about three P's for career success. You got to have a plan, right? So don't just, you know, get in the car and I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to drive some, have a plan as far as where you're going. And then the second P is really having the right partners. I was not strategic in the early days in my career about partners that I needed to take the career journey with me. And so that means looking for mentors, looking for sponsors and, and um, champions and advocates for me. I, I didn't know that, I wasn't taught that. So I wasn't doing that again, heads down doing the work. And then the final P was about promoting my personal brand. I talk a lot about what I do now because I'm an introvert in the early days, I was not talking about what I do. So I was expecting that People would just, managers would just look at my work and there you go promoted. And you've got to talk about your personal brand internally and externally to your organization because people are not thinking about you 24 seven. So you need to remind them of, of your potential. You need to be bold to ask for what you want and you need to remind them and show them what you are capable of doing. So that is around your personal brand, uh, building it and sharing what you're capable of. Right. And, and one of the things that comes to my mind is many times I grew up also with a similar beliefs that uh, your work needs to speak for itself, right? And sometimes we wait for our managers to promote our work or someone else to speak for our, our work. But what you're saying this morning is, is that you got to speak about your work and promote yourself. So tell us a little more about that. Like, why is it important for people to do that? And the belief that your work can speak for itself. Yeah, let me go back to the point, the tipping point for me uh, that you asked me about. So mm -hmm. when I learned that I was a, a passenger or I acknowledged that I was a passenger, I had an expectation and I, ha I was disappointed by a situation with a manager where I didn't get what I wanted. And the response was, wait a minute, your career is your responsibility. And somehow that went off in my head. It's not like that was the first time I heard it, but that was the time that I really heard it and believed it. So that message, 
I then internalized that message and decided that I was going to behave differently to get a different result. It's like, you know what? You're right about that. Okay, so now what do I want? Uh, and so I, I started to think about that. So it's important to do that because if you don't, you're going to be disappointed somewhere along your career journey. And, uh, you know, in terms of life and being uh, excited or thinking about your contribution to the world, you get to have a say in what you do. And if you are hands off, someone else is going to dictate what your path is. And it doesn't, it, it, it may not be that you get to the end state and you're like, am I happy with my body of work and having regrets? I didn't want to have regrets. I knew deeply in my heart that I was capable of a lot more than I was being told or being um, opportunities that were coming my way. I thought I had really big dreams and, and, and I felt that others weren't recognizing this and, and I was disappointed about that. So it was up to me to make a change. If you are where you are and you're not happy about it, stop waiting for somebody to make you happy take control of the situation and outline what makes you happy, make a plan, get the right partners and start building your personal brand, your personal career brand to get you from point A to point B. Yeah, and you talk a lot about goals and making plans and you know you also have a lot of resources on your website which I'll be, uh, which I'll be asking about in a few minutes. But one of the things you mentioned is about goals and plans and one of the things I feel is like as a as engineers, we tend to go to schools and our typically schools make plans for us, right? You know, this is the time when you have to write your exam. This is the exam you have to get past at GRE, GMAT in order to get to the uh, right school. So many of the times, you know, everyone else does make plans for us. Once you get into the job, especially in the early stages of your career, your boss gives you plans. So the concept of planning and goal creation is like pretty new. And, and it, would, it would be surprising to know that like majority of the engineers just don't even write as nobles. And that is such an important thing that you talk about, uh, Simone. Uh, and, and also branding, right? Um, I, I, so in, if you are not, uh, you know, if you just want to go, you know, do the nine to five thing, it might not be important, right? You know, yeah, you know, you're getting your paycheck, everything is fine. But if you want to, like Simone said, if you want to get to the next level of your career, you want to explore your full potential, that's when goal planning, branding, and, uh, and, and plans are the key to your success. So thank you for throwing light on that, Simone. Yeah, let me just add to that. This applies if you're in corporate, by the way. This is not just about you exiting corporate or exiting your job. If you are dissatisfied with where you are in your corporate career and you want to stay there and have that guarantee, and I'll put guarantee in, in uh, quotes, paycheck, you can still use this model for internal career success. You still have to have a plan. I remember during the performance review process, I was asked what my goals were. I, I adopted the goals of the organization and, and force fit my own goals in there. But if I had to do it over again, I would really stand boldly in what I did want for myself. And I would communicate that 
to my line manager and I would do a bit more work around partnerships, look around your organization, get up from your desk. Well, you know, it, we're in a pandemic situation right now, get up from your virtual desk and meet other people, whether it's on the LinkedIn platform or setting up virtual coffee chats with people in different departments in your organization, have a idea of who you want to meet and connect with and start building relationships. So that's the partnerships that I talk about. And look at your company. If your company has a, a intranet, a newsletter, whatever communication tools they have, see if you can position your brand somehow to get some exposure through that, as well as using LinkedIn again to talk about your personal brand. So it doesn't have to just be about you exiting. You can use this. And I've talked to organizations and employee resource groups, et cetera, about how to build internally. So I just want to clarify that this is not just if you're exiting. Yeah, thank you. And also, Simone has uh, organizes periodically some workshops, and I've attended some of her workshops, and they are called Own Your Career uh, workshops. And in that space, you know, she brings some experts, she delivers her wisdom and uh, research that she has done on her own. And, and that just gives a space to really ask a lot of questions. And, you know, when I was an engineer, I got a lot of breakthroughs going through those workshops because, I mean, everyone is unique. Everyone's challenges are unique. And when you attend this workshop, you can get them clarified. You can ask them any question in a very space environment. So, Simone, tell us a little more about what, what, you, what you enjoy about these workshops that you do. Oh, I, I enjoy seeing the breakthrough for people who are invested in having a different result. So I'm bringing my workshops online. So it, it was, uh, I, I did the in-person, the power of owning your career workshop and I love it. You know, I, I love talking about careers. I have two books on the topics of careers, the power of owning your career, as well as 52 tips for owning your career. And I have a uh, the power of owning your career podcast. So I'm talking about careers a lot because I really feel an obligation to educate others that their career is their responsibility. And if they want to have a different outcome, they need to be in the driver's seat. So I'm hearing that when I do interviews myself, Aditya, you've been on the podcast, just sharing career stories and how people get to the driver's seat. Because I think there are a lot of unhappy people in their careers, but they just feel like that's what they need to do. And, and the truth of the matter is you do have a choice. Right. And, and that's where the, these workshops and the keynotes make a difference. And one of the things that is coming to me is when you feel unhappy and frustrated about your job, that's a good sign because that means it is telling you something that you have more potential than what your job is enabling you to do. And that's when, you know, whatever Simone does in her, to her workshops, books, keynotes are going to provide immense value uh, to, to, if you feel that frustration. So um, another uh, Another thing that you are very, uh, you know, uh, that you spend a lot of time is around in diversity and inclusion, Simone. And you also have won some awards from uh, the previous company, Diageo, around your work in diversity and inclusion space. Tell, tell us a little more about it, why you care about this topic a lot. Yeah, I care about fairness. I care about equality. And I got my start. In fact, the way that I moved from the tech space over to HR was in when I was in corporate, I got asked to do a focus group about 
organizational culture and what I thought. And so there I got introduced to affinity groups or they're also called employee resource groups or business resource groups. And they, they have to do with different segments or dimensions of uh, the population. So you can have a women's group, a LGBTQIA group, a millennial group, a veterans group, a African-American group, a, you know, women's group, um, you know, you name it, there are these different groups and organizations. So I got in, involved in a African heritage group when I was in corporate. And I got to do so many different things and learn about the culture and issues facing that segment of the population that I'm a part of, that I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I got um, fulfillment you know, I felt connected heart-wise to the work I was doing, so much so that it caused me to switch from IT over into human resources. So I, I ended up moving over into human resources for about a year in the corporate space and really got to do some different work around, all around creating inclusive cultures in organizations. And I loved it. I loved it, but I, I did not have the opportunity to keep doing it. So I decided to exit corporate America at that time. So I started my company in 2015 and it, it's been different things. It's been two paths with me committed to teaching others around career advancement and taking ownership of your career, as well as how do I teach others how to be inclusive leaders? How do I teach organizations how to authentically walk the talk when it comes to inclusion? So those are the two um, platforms, if you will, that I have in my business. And I am just passionate about making my mark on the world and really um, challenging others to, to be more inclusive. Yeah, and, and, and of course I come from a minority too, so completely with everything that you're saying, many people would argue that if things are working well, I'm making the revenue, why do I have to care about diversity? Why do I have to hire from traditional black schools? Or why do I have to bring people from this particular uh, uh, you know, minority? So tell us a little more about why is it important to have a culture of inclusivity? Yeah, because the world is changing. And if, if nothing that we take from the year 2020, we can see why we need to have conversations about creating truly inclusive environments, how we all show up to work, we put on a brave face, we leave, you know, whatever baggage we have at the door. 2020 taught us that that stuff is making its way into the organization. So you have to care about it because it's going to impact the work you do, the people that you work with, the customers that you have, the vendors that you deal with, the, the complexity of who we are as human beings. We need to do a better job of understanding one another so that we can collaborate for success. And that's why diversity, equity, and inclusion is an important conversation, important to you as you, you in your career as an individual, important to uh, organizations and how they do business. It, it is super important. And if it is ignored, you are going to be left behind uh, as an individual and as an organization, if you don't acknowledge that. So what do I mean from an individual standpoint? When you go to look for work or to get promoted, you're going to be asked about how you show up as an inclusive leader. 
So you, you, you have to invest time in learning that. And the problem that happened in 2020 is that it showcased that many of us didn't invest the time to learn about the human differences because it didn't matter to us, right? Um, and it does. And it's, it's going to show up and you're going to have to learn how to dance with differences in order to succeed in your career and, and, and in life. It just, you know, again, I say the world is changing. We've got five different generations in the workplace. So in terms of communicating with your manager or the other people that you work with, we're also working globally. We're working remotely. There's complexities you have to think about if you have someone who is on your team who is a parent, they're dealing with a whole level of complexity that you didn't have to worry about when you were in person in the workplace. Now that you're virtual, you do have to worry about it because it impacts the productivity of your employees, how they're able to show up, what they're able to give to the workplace. These are things that employers are having to think about and individuals are realizing that they have choices in where they work and so, People are looking at what companies stand for and if they want to be affiliated with these companies. So this is a very important conversation. Yeah, and, and as you're sharing, um, Simone, when I first moved to America, right, you know, I was very unconscious about how I was speaking. I would be laughed at when I say certain words and sentences because I have no idea what I was saying and the, I, I was trained in basically Indian English and American English is quite different in many words to use. So I, so I would be very cautious around speaking up, especially at work. At the same time, I would also be cautious about, uh, you know, how do I say certain things to other people? Because, because I didn't know about cultures. I didn't know how to speak to a person, you know, maybe a person of a, a different generation or a different race. So I was always cautious and sometimes I would be offending them because of having no awareness. So, um, and, and what I noticed, especially in Indian culture is that we don't even talk about it as if, you know, as if that's a taboo subject to even ask people about what their culture is. And, and just to say that I am a non-native English speaker and I don't know everything, right? And just being comfortable with, with who you are, even now, right? Uh, as you're speaking, I see that how fluently and how articulate you are. Whereas I'm like, I'm trying to still search for words, but I'm, I've gotten comfortable being uncomfortable when, because you know, English is not my native language. But so what would you tell about a community, you know, uh, my own community, about speaking of being bold and speaking up, right? About and and asking questions that are difficult uh, in in the in by having these conversations. I, I think you said something important that I want to hone in on. We are not taught how to be inclusive, yet we are expected to be inclusive, and that's really what I hang my hat on with the work that I do with the Inclusive Leadership Boot Camp. People are not taught to be inclusive. Yet they are, you know, and, and let me just back up, you know, so perhaps in kindergarten, I have a daughter that's five and she's in kindergarten and she is learning how to be inclusive with the, the language or, you know, even celebrating the different holidays, how to be kind, etc. But as you move through and you grow, if you are not taught consistently on how to be inclusive, how to play nice, how to 
embrace differences, how to be vulnerable, etc., then you are going to struggle with it as you move forward. So in terms of, excuse me, in terms of learning how to be inclusive, I think part of it is really being vulnerable. Vulnerable with saying, I don't know what to say, or can you help me to understand X, Y, Z? And just drawing it back to yourself with, you know, paying attention to body language, paying attention to what you see, and, 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 and being vulnerable to say, I'm not sure how that landed, but um, can you give me some feedback if, if I said something that offended you? And, and really doing work on your part as an individual to learn about different cultures. There are books, many resources, podcasts, uh, online. Everybody's talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion right now. And so I would ask you, and I'd ask your listeners, are you paying attention to what's being talked about? And are you carving out some time to learn how to dance in this new world of uh, that embraces diversity, equity, and inclusion, because that really is going to matter. I think you can, you have just clarified the biggest confusion I was having for my entire career, because I was always confused about these, these conversations, saying the right thing. And what you're really saying is it, just being vulnerable. That's the first thing that you can start with. That you don't know everything that you're trying to learn, and you make mistakes along the way, and and, and just owning that, owning those mistakes, and getting that education. Uh, because it's not just important for you to, as an engineer, to just work on technical skills. But if you really want to grow in your career, it's important that you are able to uh, have a conversation effectively across different cultures, uh, and so make it a part of your growth to learn about inclusion and diversity. And you also have workshops around that. Any other final thoughts that you have, have that you want to leave our audience with? Yeah, I th- we, are, we are similar yet very different. So really taking the time to learn more about each other as human beings is so important. And, and I tell my students about the bumble, stumble, and rise. And what that means is that you're going to mess up. You're going to put your, 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 your foot into your mouth and you, you, know, you could even put both. And I've done it. And uh, recently too. So, you know, don't think that you have to be perfect and understand everything. The thing is, you have to make an effort to incorporate this into your way of being, not just your career. Okay, I'm going to turn it on because that's part of the problem. If you focus just on this topic from a career standpoint, what happens when you come out of your career, out of the workplace? You still are going to have to encounter different people and your behaviors need to be consistent inside and outside of your workplace. So really taking the time to learn about these differences, to try on different things, bumble and stumble, but always rise and know that inclusion is hard work, but it is in fact a journey. And, and just start, just start to learn about whether, you know, the month you're in and you learn about a new holiday and what does that really mean? Where you go to eat, uh, when you go to get this new food, hmm, let me ask a question. What is non really, or, or what is this, where does this uh, spice come from? Or uh, can you tell me more about your culture? There, there, we can slow down just a little bit 
and learn about cultures and not make it as hard or as um, scholastic. We could simplify the process is really what I'm trying to say of learning how to become inclusive leaders. And we have to care about this. It's all fun to uh, learn about different cultures. Uh, that's a powerful session with you, Simone. Any resources, I, I promised the listeners about in our resource in our goal setting, any resources that you would like to share with them? Sure. So I've got, uh, if you go to connectwithsimone.com, you can stay connected with me. I have a inclusive leadership course, which is six weeks long, that you can learn how to become an inclusive leader. I've got books on goal setting. You mentioned that before. My first book is about goal setting because I felt like there was a gap with that and it's called Achievement Unlocked, Strategies to Set Goals and Manifest Them. I have a book, The Power of Owning Your Career and 52 Tips for Owning Your Career is my third book. So there are many resources. If you go to connectwithsimone.com, you'll find out how to stay connected with me as well as resources that I can provide to you. Thank you again, Simone, for being here and for, you know, for sharing a lot of wisdom around career goals and, and being an inclusive leader and an employee. So thank you again for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to see you flourish and to have these uh, important conversations. Thank you so much, Aditya. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you. If you have any questions, you can reach me on my email at Aditya at whoweare.io. It's A-D-I-T-Y-A at whoweare.io.